listening to the Couples Guide Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today, like every day, <laughs> we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Episode 70. We are just blowing through these. I love this. Getting it going. I'm excited. Are we coming up on our three year real soon for the yeah. podcast? It has been three years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Getting through it. Thank you to all you listeners who uh, keep tuning in and writing in. Yes. We love your questions and I laugh at them often. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all right. Today's episode best defense is a good offense. What are we talking about today, Talia? Uh, that people often find offense in things and then get defensive when in reality, it's really not about them, but that's the coping mechanism or a fourth horse, one of the four horsemen and Gottman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the responses that we have to conflict um, or in a conflict situation, real or perceived. So that's yeah, what we're going to be talking about today when your partner gets defensive, when you're bringing up a problem or a concern yes yeah and you mentioned you actually get a lot of these questions and i definitely see that all the time oh, yeah. in the office it's a common dynamic so really how dare you on say moments. the truth about me and i'm like okay yeah. Well, yeah. perfect yeah um yeah these moments like what's going on in these moments when one partner gets defensive something happens mm-hmm. um i think the very first thing that comes to my mind from the therapist chair yeah. is, as I always say, slowing it down and really wanting to understand what's going on for the partner who's defending themselves. Yeah. Because inherently a defense is a protection move. It's True. something's up. So boom, walls go up. I'm going to mm-hmm. withdraw and just pull away from the relationship. Or it's, I'm going to start defending and just explain, oh, here's why I'm right. Here's what's mm-hmm. up. Here's what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's lots of different ways to defend. I'm just always looking for, okay, cool. What was the raw spot? What did you just take offense to? What's hurting or what are you scared about that just mm-hmm. came up for, for you that now you're choosing to defend instead of, or not all the time choosing. <laughs> That's where we try to use language yes. that, hey, actually you have a choice here. But a yeah. lot of times it's reactive. Um, but what's going on that the, the, the response is a defense as opposed to a response that's attuning and listening to the partner who brought up a problem or brought up a yeah. thing that they want to talk about in the relationship. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. So I have uh, lending or uh, I guess borrowing from like psychoanalysis and psychodynamic mm-hmm. work. There's a, a description shall I say that I want to read but I want to ask you a question first to get your sure. feedback yeah I'm into who, it. Do you, who do you notice and not like type of I mean more type of person than a specific like uh, construct but uh-huh. who do you notice gets more defensive somebody who's done a lot of work on themselves or somebody who is like I don't want to be found out by anything I mean my, my gut is right away so in- someone who's not wanting me to find out. I mean, someone who's done a lot of work on themselves, maybe I'm just thinking about me and my humans, but yeah, like we know our raw spots or I know yes. what's the stuff is that would bring up yeah. that feeling that leads to me wanting to defend. 
-hmm. and I've done the work to understand myself. So I know, oh, there's that familiar thing. Wait Mm -hmm. a second. This isn't about me. This isn't that thing that's Mm -hmm. actually making me want to defend myself. And then with that work, I've been able to slow myself down and go, wait a second. What is my partner actually (laughs) talking Mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. That's where I'm going with it. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, I've genuinely had that uh, growth. Yes. I continue to wear a ribbon to remind me of that growth (laughs) on my wrist every day of my life. Yes. And um, multiple moments where I I remember that and attune to it. So, yes, I I agree (laughs) with you on that. I just asked the leading question on purpose, but (laughs) defenses uh, in psychoanalysis refer to the techniques that our ego likes to deploy like a little soldier in when we're having conflicts um that have <laughs> conflicts especially that have the potential to unearth something about us that we have not yet integrated or are doing a very good good in quotes uh we're trying to do a very good job of hiding yes so if you bring up something about me that i some part of me knows is true yeah. that i am ashamed of or i don't like mm-hmm. i'm going to be defensive right yes. and this is distinctly different from i'm accusing my partner of something and they're like, that's not me. And they're denying it. So I want to be very clear that yes. defense, defensiveness in this case is not denial because the person's like, that is not even accurately what's going on. And no, uh-huh. I'm not going to agree with you because that's not true. This is a yes. separate defense mechanism. So when you're defenses and getting defensive from this perspective, it's mainly unconscious because it stems from a conflict also internally between your drive and your ego, like whatever your perception or whatever your perception is of yourself and then the perception of what you have, the person, what you think the person is trying to uncover within you. Right. So I look at it from like that depth based perspective, when defensiveness comes up, it's almost like a part of the self was alerted. Like a button was pushed. A part of the self was alerted internally in the psychic structure and is like, whoa, 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 no, no, mm -mm, no, thank you. We're not going there today. And what about when you've done this, huh? Why don't we put it back to you, right? And we see defensiveness. This is where we can talk about like all the ways that it might yeah. come out and we get to see it or even in ourselves when we, I, I know I used to get defensive because I wasn't that integrated many years ago. Even though I was in therapy, it takes a long time and brain development, et cetera, to really sit and go, huh, okay, maybe there is some truth to that and feel like you're not losing or feel like it's not a hit to your ego. Mm-hmm. So defensiveness can come out because the listener who uh, wrote this in, I, was, the question in part was, <laughs> my boyfriend gets defensive every time I bring up a problem and thinks I'm like accusing him of mm-hmm. something. Yeah. We want to know, this is not what we're going to talk about today, but you'd want to know how you're bringing it up. Right. Yes. And I told them gentle startup. We have many episodes on this. Yep. yep Go to, pick a good time and be very gentle with it. And also take accountability and recognizing your part of the problem, kind of leading by example. If you're following that and the person's still getting defensive, that's where we're picking up this episode. And that's what we're going to continue to yes. talk about is the, the, the experiment conditions are set. You have followed all of the protocols and guidelines, yet you're still getting this result you're from the manipulation of the the variable it's still coming out as defensiveness though you know it's an actual problem you were very calm Mm -hmm. etc and the person is just what no but what about when you do this thing yeah good clarifying for the context of this episode that we are talking about a it's not super narrow but a general context of 
a partner who did do a soft startup, picked a good time, isn't using shaming or blaming language with their partner and still the partner receiving the message gets defensive. We're just focusing on the defensive experience to understand that deeper. And this integration piece, as I want to echo what you said, is a process and is hard. And that's what, you know, we're kind of saying very similar things about what's going on. Mm -hmm. When you use a good example about shame can come up, there's this part inside of us that we haven't integrated that I think is actually one of the most common feelings that go with this barrier to integration Mm -hmm. is, oh, I'm not good enough. There's this part about me that I actually don't feel confident about or that I'm not even aware I don't love about myself yet. So if if anything in the relationship starts Mm -hmm. getting near that, boom, that's too tender. That's too scary. That's too painful. An alarm bell goes off, defense. The language I tend to use is raw spots can get touched in relationships. Those are those genuine Mm -hmm. tender Mm -hmm. places. If a raw spot gets touched, alarm bell goes off, danger, danger, danger. I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about when that happens and this partner goes into defense mode, I need mm-hmm. to protect myself from that part being exposed. Mm-hmm. And until we're integrated and we're comfortable with that part and accept mm-hmm. and love that part of ourselves, mm-hmm. the defense is going to be so much more powerful, mm-hmm. I think and is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, yes. And the difference here, it was a woman who wrote in about her male partner heteronormative lens typically for many many reasons and I have many many books that I could quote but (laughs) this is only one episode so (laughs) to cut to the chase at a psychodynamic level men are I'm very cautious when I say this men are more likely to be defensive or more outwardly defensive because of this other piece of the evolutionary psychology that you are hardwired to protect what could hurt you. Mm. So men, men are hardwired to conceal that vulnerable communication and that feelings and here's what's wrong with me, et cetera, that women use as currency. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is just the basis of how we often talk women, mm-hmm. woman to woman. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at that in a relational sense, it would be understandable if we're unintegrated defensiveness could come up, but there is also that gender dynamic of, I, we have one partner who's hardwired to not ever tell anything. And so if you bring it up, uh-uh, you're not getting in, right? That's, that's a survival mechanism. That's far, far beyond a defense mechanism. That's like a survival of evolutionary skill. But for women, it's like, well, I want to talk about it. I love talking about problems. I don't want your solution to it. I just love talking about problems and issues. And like, let me just tell you what's wrong. And we'll just sit in it. And like, that's, we're not structured the same way until if we do the work and therapy, et cetera. So I, there's another layer to, I guess, this specific example, that heteronormative tactic, I think, or, or type of relationship that, that gets employed, the tactic gets employed. I see that a lot with my heterosexual couples. I think it comes up mainly when there's a spot that the person hasn't integrated. That part goes both ways, uh-huh. but it's standardly and, and on a large scale is 
I am hardwired as a man. Well, I'm not a man, but I'm hardwired as a man to conceal what could hurt me. And that's exactly what you want to use and talk about and highlight and bring up. And I don't want to go there with you. There's that aspect of it in a more mature, evolved love. And then in the younger couples, it's more, I haven't done the work on myself and we're dating and you're bringing up this thing that I have hated about myself for many years Uh (laughs) that I also noticed my parents might do. And so I have this deep fear that if it comes up in my relationship, I'll be forever alone. And you just pushed on it. So I don't like this. So we're just going to remember the time that you did that though, right? I'm going to deflect, be defensive. I'm going to do anything I can so you don't look down here and you look up here instead. Yeah. And, and as you describe all of that, I'm hearing that as you're painting a really good picture of what I call a partner in distress. Yes. They're hardwired this way. I'll even add that there's the cultural component where over time we are taught in culture that a lot of people can't show that part of themselves. It's not safe. And especially if you're looking at a lot of gender norms and men being told that you can't have these pieces to you. You have to be the strong, independent man who's always taking care Mm of somebody and protecting Mm -hmm. something, then it's going to be even more difficult. And then when that threat comes that leads to defensiveness, all that defense is actually from a place of distress. That doesn't necessarily mean that for a partner who's defensive, they're attuned to the distress. A lot Mm -hmm. of time, if I were to say, ask a partner, first, I don't even think I would even label it defensiveness early on in sessions. But if I were to say, wow, you're getting really defensive when your partner softly and compassionately mentions something they're struggling with in their relationship, (laughs) right? Kind of like just that moment. Yeah. If I were to do that and get curious and say, hey, what's so distressing to you right now? guarantee you that partner would say i'm not being defensive <laughs> that's a defense <laughs> and two they're like i'm not in distress i'm trying to explain my point of view i'm trying to say what's going on or i'm trying to argue for what's right for me it's so i, I just want to point out that distress may not necessarily be oh no i'm feeling this high anxiety or worry mm-hmm. that sometimes it is it can also be this deeper level of distress like you're talking about when you're getting deeper into the psyche of maybe there's something going on underneath that, that a partner isn't even aware is hitting this insecurity Mm -hmm. or this, this part of them. Again, I think about it as the, I'm not good enough piece. Yes. Yes. It's the kind of that gut reaction to feeling like, mm, how would I put this? It's a gut reaction to feeling like you're simultaneously sometimes not enough but too much like you talked about pushing on those raw pieces I'm being unfairly criticized I feel like if you bring this up and we ultimately figured this out I might end up alone like it pushes on so many of those deep core fears as individual humans I think we often have that that defensiveness piece is well no I don't I don't want to admit Right. I don't want to admit that that's true or it is true. And I don't like being criticized because I never really was taught how to take effective criticism or I felt so criticized growing up that I feel like I had to build all these structures to protect myself because nothing I ever did was good enough. Right. And a lot of especially old world parenting was solely on injunctions, which is Mm. don't do that. You're not this stop. No, don't Mm -hmm. versus permissions, which is let's go ahead and do that. How can we make this safe? You've done a great job. Not a lot of people got parented on that because that wasn't really widely talked about, first of all. Second of all, 
injunctions are a lot more powerful in the day-to-day life, right? Mm -hmm. We have stop signs. We don't have wait here and then go after three seconds signs. (laughs) Like everything is mostly in the negative when you look at things, red light, no, bad, do not go, right? Green light, there you go. There's this, this, this systemic experience, I think, in society where we get defensive in those small moments because yeah. we're so used to being constrained can this can this and then yes. now the partner who we love very much is bringing up a, and again all of those other experiment conditions standing they're bringing up a problem ideally trying to say hey i noticed this is getting in the way of us being close is the theme hopefully can we work on this yes do you notice this also right double check that they notice it before you come in all hot and heavy of like well you never do the dishes mm-hmm. What, what, where are you hoping that goes? And I've stopped couples mid-session. I'm like, stop, where, what, what answer are you hoping for next? Yes. And they're just like, uh, and I'm like, try it again. They're like, yeah. uh, and they know how I work. And so they'll ask it again. And they're like, when I come home mm-hmm. and I don't see that the dishes are done, especially even if you've told me you're going to do them, I feel alone. I feel pulled back that I might become my mother in my relationship who was always caring for the whole family And it feels icky to sit with that thought at the same time as I'm thinking of our relationship. And I know that you might not have the same story when you come home and see them, but I felt it important to share this with you. And hopefully we can come up with a solution moving forward. I would be shocked if somebody were still defensive to a very intense level, like that gut level that we often see in media. I don't think that they might not like it. They might squirm a little bit of like, oh shit, they are right. But the, oh shit, they're right moment and being like, you know what, you're right. That's maturity. I think this often can go away with age and practice in positive communication and relationship. The defensiveness, you might still come up with it. And there's things where even I hear, I'm like, don't, don't you dare say something truthful about me right now that isn't perfect and good. Don't criticize. But then you sit with it and go, oh, this isn't that bad. It's just a part of, it was a behavior they were bringing up. They're not telling me I'm bad, right? Mm-hmm. So it's separating that ego structure too in the same time. Like it's a it's well, a deep reason why. That's what's key is separating the, the internal emotional response from the actual cue, what's actually being said. Correct. If Correct. we break it down simplistically, hey, you don't do the dishes. Okay, that is exactly a criticism. So of course it's going to hit the I'm not good enough raw spot. Yeah, yeah, defensive goes up. It's literally just you suck at life. Bad message. <laughs> suck at life. Yeah. Right. No one's going to, I mean, I shouldn't say no. And even I, I mean, I would be like, that's a horrible message. But with my work done, I actually do have enough confidence to get very curious, be like, huh, if someone were to actually say that directly to me. But anyway, I digress. The yeah. point is the whole thing just I suck at the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Then why are so, you with so me? Hold on. I, <laughs> I got too into that. So <laughs> you didn't do the dishes. Criticism, ouch, raw spot, alarm bell goes mm-hmm. off, defense. Of course. Next level, in introducing a different place. I feel unimportant when you don't do the dishes. Yeah. Okay. Someone new to this would still focus on when I don't do the dishes. They're still only gonna hear. <laughs> I didn't do the dishes. I'm not good enough. I'm going to defend. But with slowing it down and intentionally partners working together saying, well, why don't we focus on the first part? I don't feel important. Mm -hmm. That message separated from when you didn't do the dishes. I don't feel important. Okay. Someone with a really deep seated internal, I'm not good enough raw spot is still going to interpret. I don't feel important. Mm -hmm. 
as, oh shoot, I'm not good enough. I'm not making my partner feel important. Mm -hmm. So there's a tolerance place. This is the conditioning piece of desensitizing. of starting to sit in that. That's what made me think about. That's what you're talking about. Being able to sit with, wait a second, your partner's not saying you are bad. Mm -hmm. They're saying, I don't feel important. Well, what Mm -hmm. if we link that with the message of, I don't feel important and you're the person I care the most about and want to feel important with. Wow. What a great positive message. And you start linking that and sitting with it and trying to intentionally be in that raw spot, be with that alarm bell going off, sit with the defensiveness and set it aside and go, Oh, my partner's not important. That's going to naturally bridge way more compassion mm-hmm. and receptive response when, Oh, my partner doesn't feel important in this moment. And I'm the one that they want to feel important to guess what I can turn to them and say, you matter to me. Yeah. You're you important. are important to me. And then there's no longer this defensiveness. It's a connective move. And you can mm-hmm. kind of start working backwards. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Yeah. Now you can hear, I don't feel important when you don't do the dishes and it's no longer about the dishes. It's still a reminder of, wait a second. I'm not, it's not that I'm bad. It's that my partner's not feeling valued right now, but mm-hmm. I know how to make them feel valued because I do genuinely value them. Cool. I don't need to defend and explain or put walls up. Mm-hmm. I just say, oh Yeah. You're feeling like you don't matter. Come here. You are the most important person to me. Let me give you a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think, hear you. I hear you now. I hear you about the dishes. I hear you. Yeah. For for women, our natural approach is to appeal to the emotional side of things, the tend and befriend type. Let's let's soften. Neither gender has the corner on facts or feelings. Like if you're looking at like a boxing ring, it's not like, and we have women in the right with feelings and men in the left with facts. Like, it's not like that, but there are elements of socialization. Like you touched on a bit ago where we might be socialized more around feminine language or emotional language or softer language, right? Men are typically socialized to win to, mm-hmm. and to excel. So if you look at it from that perspective with this specific uh, message in mind from this person, if I'm socialized to win and you're bringing up what, especially I perceive as a criticism, a synonym, not winning, (laughs) you bet your ass I'm going to defend against you and see you as an adversary in that moment because it's game time. Uh Uh-uh. We're not doing that, right? Separate from the ego piece. If you look at how we're socialized, I'm not going to lose. I'm not doing this. Nope. You're wrong. You've done this. You've done this. You've done this. Right. Score, 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 tally, tally, tally. Until sometimes we've talked about this in another episode where the person emotionally, it's not conscious, not usually, but it's manipulating the situation into this isn't about me. It's really about you. And then we end up apologizing. We're like, wait, what the fuck? No, I, this was problem in the beginning. So if you look at it like that, from why this specific question with this heteronormative relationship is looking at why is he getting so defensive? There is also the element of I'm not socialized to lose. And I'm also not socialized that feelings or talking about things that we can work through is a masculine thing to do. Therefore, I won't maybe have high skill at it. I won't have high desire to do it if I can't win at it. So if you frame, this is all I really teach couples is frame the problem because they have solutions or the criticism very specifically in a pointed way especially if you're talking to a guy and ask them for a solution if you don't already have one, Mm. right? Hey, I'm noticing this. Are you noticing it also? 
because then you're kind of like spies together looking at this thing, right? Hey, I kind of noticed this, which is already going to elicit curiosity of them being like, noticed what? Like, mm-hmm. she's telling me something, what's going on? Whenever I do this, I notice this comes up. Do you see that off, right? Like soften it and let them feel like they're winning step by step and give them the clues that they need. And then this experience comes in of like, oh, yeah, I totally see that I do that. And I can totally see how if I did that instead that you'd be happier. And when you're happier, then we don't fight as much and I get maybe more sex in the relationship and it's more enjoyable. Win, 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 right? You can highlight also in the permission sense, not the injunction sense. I noticed this. If this happened instead of this, what I would feel is this and the impact on the relationship, i.e. how you'd win at this is fill in the blank. That's going to go a lot farther with people who are, I think, at times socialized and hardwired to win or naturally be competitive. That part of them kicks on when we're talking to them. In my experience, even seeing couples on the couch. I find this interesting because it's not how I necessarily have thought about Mm -hmm. relationships. Because what it comes up for me is you're giving some really nice subtle tips and tricks of how one partner can approach another to Mm -hmm. get teamwork on board. Yes, exactly. But teamwork is the antithesis to winning in the relationship because inherently it's the, when -hmm. you're talking about winning, you're talking about in the relationship against the other partner. Mm -hmm. And so I don't necessarily think about trying to make it so that everyone wins where both partners feel like they're getting like one thing from the other. Mm -hmm. I do definitely look a lot at how do we shift from the, I need to win against my partner mindset into the, we're a team. We want to win against the world mindset. Mm -hmm. So that I think is interesting. That's where I'm kind of like, huh, it's a different way to look at it. Where I end on that curiosity is when partners can shift into being a team, mm-hmm. that is where all of the, the safety and trust gets built, which is one of the soothing things to some of those raw spots, to some of the internal pieces that can cause the alarm bells and defensiveness to come up. So that's why I so lean into the teamwork part. I think I would just lastly honor, because I, I like this, yeah. for me, newer idea of the winning concept of like one up and how that comes from a... Um, you know, evolutionary place, that yeah. drive. Yeah. Um, I think, again, it's reinforced through socialization that men are more socialized to be independent, to be powerful, to not give in, but instead say, hey, no, I've already got this. Don't be weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we talk about in toxic masculinity when it goes too far. Those are great skill i always like to say a lot of people when we talk about toxic masculinity talk about like the cool skill of no it's great to be independent powerful caring protective we like those things it's just you're out of balance you went too far dude Mm -hmm. so remember really confident strong men can hear criticism because it's not going to actually threaten these raw spots in them they're actually like no i know i'm good and i'm powerful And this person who I love, who's also probably good and powerful, Mm -hmm. I can hear from them and I'm not going to feel criticized. I'm on a separate soapbox now. No, but (laughs) this goes to the point of the specific question, right? It feels like I'm, uh, it feels like he feels like I'm putting allegations on him is what the correct, the actual wording of the question is. That's his experience. 
Yeah. If he's filtering, again, if you met all the experiment conditions, you walked yes. through how Ryan and Talia told you to bring up a problem in the relationship yes. and he still feels or Accusing. is perceiving yeah. being accused of something or that there's allegations being put on him, that's his work to do. Same would be the shoe if, if the shoe were on the other foot and it was a male person writing in the back. It, this part that I'm about to say transcends the type of heteronormative or uh, LGBT queer normative, whatever type of relationship you are in, take that aside and look at it from a human to human perspective. If somebody has not done the work on themselves to at least be aware of what doors they never want people to get there in their psyche naturally speaking they're going to not have the same skill of not being able to reach for that defensiveness right this is such on a human individual like psyche and schema level yeah if i haven't done the work i'm not going to be able to be as effective in a relationship as if i have done the work or at least i'm starting to do it so what i would invite if you are listening to this um, and getting defensive <laughs> offended any of the title or you're like um okay but how do i as the defensive person kind of help myself which we can yeah. do a whole other episode on that try and filter first of all this person is not telling this about me they're just sharing about another person kind of get some distance from it can help you to hear it and not immediately go no i need to protect myself think of it like they're telling you about a story about someone and then bring it back in and go is there any truth in what they're saying? How they're saying it is a whole other linguistic thing. Is there any truth in, in what they're trying to get across to me? That's what I will leave you with. Yeah. Just think about it. It may not be truthful at all. You may be having a miscommunication or there might be a really big truth about yourself, in which case therapy or self-development work is going to be the best option for you to also work on defensiveness. I've dated a lot of guys who have had that as their mechanism and it's something that it took, I'm thinking about them. It's, it took time. It took maturity. It took their own individual counseling at some points, right? Even if I met them after that, it took a while for them to not reach for that. They were all at different you know, levels of, of healing it, right? Or integrating it, but it takes time. It's not just, oh, thank you. So noted. And deep down we're seething of like, why am I not enough? Like you don't, we don't feel the same way. So if you are the one getting defensive, what I will leave you with is Try and think of it like it's not about you to just literally hear what the person is saying and then think, is there any truth at all? Mm -hmm. Any truth at all to them sharing this observation? It's an observation they're having about me. First of all, don't assume it's true. <laughs> like, Don't get so attached to it. Just be like, I don't really see it that way. I see it this way instead. Because then the other person might be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But that's not manipulating them out of you taking accountability, oh. it's you voicing it. So that's yeah. what I will, we could stay on the soapbox forever. Yeah. I have two tips and tricks to yes. add to your, your yes. recommendations. If you're, if someone listening is going, oh yeah, I'm, you know, how do I deal with my defensiveness? Yeah. The first one is based on this episode, of course, mm -hmm. ask yourself, what am I protecting? What am I, what's underneath the defensiveness and see if you can't answer that and, and be very curious with yourself. As always, we talk about that. That's hard to do if you haven't done some work already, but that would be my very first tip and trick. If this episode helped mm. understand what might be going on, start going, huh, what's going on underneath my defensiveness that I'm yeah. protecting and see what goes on then. Second tip and trick would be based on if you've done that curious exploration and you're like, 
no, there's nothing there. I'm good. Great. You're ready for tip and trick two, which is if there's really nothing that insecure or something to protect with the defensiveness, then try this second tip, which is when you feel your partner is accusing you and you notice the defensiveness come on, pause. And before you explain or defend in the way that you want to, like you're kind of saying, Talia, listen to your partner. And your goal in this moment is to completely understand what your partner is telling you. You don't have to agree. Yes. You don't have to change the subject. No. It's just to go like, do I completely get them? Do I understand them? Yes. After you've done that, then you can share maybe your different perspective or your explanation or whatever your defensive move is. If you can slow it down and tolerate understanding your partner first and then trust that then you can share your new perspective, then yeah, I'm going to go, you probably don't have as big of a raw spot or something as powerful you're protecting. Mm -hmm. But if you started with tip and trick number one and came to the conclusion, no, there's really nothing I'm protecting there. And then you try tip and trick number two from Ryan, and it is impossible for you to understand what your partner's telling you. That is a surefire truth that there's definitely something underneath your defensiveness that you need to take a look at. Please. So that's, it's not only tips and tricks that are effective. It's also a cool thing to sort of test yourself and see, do I have one of these underlying insecurities or raw spots that are leading yes. to defensiveness? Yes. And, and I will... already applaud you if you listened yeah. this long to that, because if you're <laughs> someone who has that raw spot, you probably tuned out and said, no, you're flooded and self-soothing and <laughs> yeah. you're like rocking back and forth. So rock yeah. on you. Who's yes. still curious about it. You're yeah. way ahead of the ball game. And I will, I have one more tip and then we will really sure. be done. Um, I feel like it's like an, or it's the opposite of an Irish goodbye. It's the one where it just keeps going and going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe it's the Midwest goodbye. I don't know. When you're listening to a person, this is another sign your ego's online. And most of us do this till we're clinically trained or classically trained or what have you out of it. When you talk to me, what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with me? Why is this person telling me this? Me, 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 do re me, back to me, right? <laughs> Instead shift to what is this person trying to tell me about themselves? Mm -hmm. What makes them want to share this? This is mm -hmm. curious. Mm -hmm. Get out of your own head. You are not the center of anybody else's universe except your own. That's true for every single person. And if it's not, then you have a codependency issue and that's a whole other episode. But sit in that moment and think about what makes this person want to share? What are they trying to share with me? Not what does it have to do with me, but what is it about them? What are they, what is the message they're trying to send? What are they saying? Changing the way that you think about it is going to be very helpful. And that's truly the end. Love it. Love all those tips and tricks. I hope they're useful for anyone in a relationship where they're noticing their partner's defensive. Or if, if you're noticing, man, I get the, in this, in this thing where I start defending and I don't know what's up with that. Yes. As always, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Couples Guide podcast. If you have questions for us or you want your relationship questions answered on the podcast, shoot us an email, ryanandtalia at thecouplesguidepodcast.com. Yes. You can also message me on Instagram at Talia Bombola. Until next time. Take care. Thank you.